Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Quick Question with Soren and Daniel, the podcast where two best friends and comedy writers kill time by asking each other questions while waiting for the show to either take off or fall apart. I am one half of this program. Morning riser, evening runner, late night writer Daniel O'Brien, joined as always by my co-host who insists on being called the Ty Cobb of podcasting, Soren Bowie. Soren, say hello. Hello, everybody. I'm the Ty Cobb of podcasting. I'm an award-winning writer, a better-than-average neighbor, and uh, just a truly outstanding wedding guest. If I've been to one of your weddings and you're listening, go ahead, write in. Tell tell me I'm wrong. I dare you. Uh, Soren, that's so funny that you bring that up because... Every single bit of this is going to just invite more questions than anything else. But on Monday night, I was taking an adult Afro-Brazilian dance class over Zoom. (laughs) Because I'm trying to to learn how to be a better dancer. Because I've been thinking about this John Mulaney quote where he said, The worst dancer at a wedding is the person who's not dancing. And I thought, sometimes that's me. And I don't want to be that person. I want to be someone who who is uh, a fun guy at a wedding. And so I want to, to dance more. And I'm only going to dance more if I feel more comfortable dancing, which is why I'm taking adult Zoom Afro-Brazilian dance classes. And the connection to you specifically is years ago, we were in Beloit, Wisconsin, a small town in Wisconsin named Beloit because there was a college there and it was a bunch of cracked people who were going to perform live comedy and then screen Michael Swaim and Abe Everson's movie, uh, Kill Me Now. This was also, we also flew out Caitlin Large, who was in the movie. She's the lead in the movie. And uh, there was a party one of the nights that we were in Beloit, Wisconsin, a strange town that none of us had been to before. And it had been years since Caitlin and I had seen each other and we grew up together. So we were doing a lot of catching up, just sitting at this bar restaurant, talking at this loud party. And because we were in a strange town, you, Soren, obviously didn't know anyone but there was music playing. You weren't going to interrupt Caitlin and I because you're you're you recognize that we're old friends catching up, and uh, you didn't want to like be a strange presence there. So you just went on the dance floor with all these strangers and just danced. And it wasn't like a college party kind of thing. I know it's a college town, but this is just like a a spontaneous dance party at a hotel bar, and you're dancing by yourself just like smiling and having a good time there's nothing ridiculous or sad about it i remember thinking at the time this this must have been like nine years ago and i was thinking like he's just so comfortable out there (laughs) what's it gonna take for for me to get that comfortable and i and we've now learned what it's gonna take a year being alone by myself 
And then finally being like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a Zoom dance class so I could be like Soren in the past and John Mulaney in that one late night interview I saw. I think this is a great step forward for you. Thanks, man. That's a... That's a lot of information that I was not prepared to unload. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Feels for supporting our show. Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash QQ and you'll get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Thanks to Raycon for supporting Quick Question. Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. Raycon's offering you 50% off your entire order, and here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash QQ. It's like a, I call this is like a leap. This is yeah. a, a dancing leap forward. Um, can other people see you in the class or you have your camera off? Uh, I've turned my camera off except for the end. But um, some of my fr- my uh, friends in real life were texting me because they knew that I was doing this. So I turned my camera, my, my phone camera. I filmed myself to send to them so I could yeah. I could show them my progress. And and brother, I took three videos and I sent the best one, and it was the most humiliating thing I've ever done. <laughs> there there is nothing worse than going through these these three videos after the fact and being like, ah, oh, this one. <laughs> well. For, I mean, when you start something brand new, you suck at it no matter yeah. what. And that's that's never, no matter how many times you learn that lesson that it's okay to suck at something, it doesn't register. You're always like, well, I, I'm bad at it. I don't want people seeing this. When I learned to drive, I went up to like a, up into the mountains <laughs> alone. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'll just do it here. This is where I will learn to park. This is where I'll learn to do it all because no one's here. Yeah. And I think, I, I think I also, I'm, uh, you didn't learn to drive on like, the fanciest car in the world or a comp you didn't you didn't learn to fly a jet first no i think i made a mistake uh and you've seen me before so you could see this coming even if you haven't seen me you could tell by my voice that afro brazilian dance is not it's not your that's not where you start (laughs) that is a uh uh a hip forward dance yeah that's the instructor saying it doesn't matter what happens with your knees or your arms i'm like well fuck me then (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're it's very hip centric you're right yeah um but let's get into our show because we have a guest and i'm very excited uh so i want to waste no more time talking about dancing this guest has been here before if cracked was like a kingdom with jack o'brien as its sultan i as his whispering grand vizier soren the boy prince who would be king our next guest would be without question the executive editor ladies and gentlemen <laughs> New York Times bestselling author, Jason Pargin. I, sorry, I've been a little bit distracted because I'm Googling Afro-Brazilian dancing because (laughs) what I'm picturing in my mind is extremely problematic for you to be doing. I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's not. Just because it's called that, I, you know, I'm not accusing you of anything. It's just I wanted to get what I'm picturing out of my head because I'm sure that I'm the one who's ignorant here. Yeah, it's crucial that you and all of our listeners know I didn't name it that. That is the name of the class that I signed up for, and uh, it if it's if it's problematic, then perhaps I'll be canceled. The instructor, when I did turn on my camera, I was applauded for my bravery. <laughs> is there a recital at the end of this that you guys all do to, and and you have to each one of you performs and everyone else watches? Uh, no, not that I know of. God, if, I need to uh, orchestrate something like that. <laughs> 
Um, let's get into our show. Uh, Jason, do you have anything do you want to say before we get into it? Uh, or uh, have we completely paralyzed you with uh, adult Zoom dance classes? I don't have any cool hobbies like that. This is what this is what sucks about routinely being on a podcast with you or being on a podcast with Sean Baby, who always has some sort of a a fight story he can tell. I don't have anything like that. I've been trapped in my house, and I I guess in theory I could have used Zoom to meet people and do interesting things. I didn't. Well, that's fine. I mean, you're <laughs> <laughs> you are. Uh... You've done. You're, you're doing a number of things because you're writing books uh, all the time. Every minute that I've known you, you've been writing books, which uh, I have like fully written one book, and it, I don't know that I will ever do it again be- because it's it's a it's such a daunting and unbearable process. And you're into what is this going to be? The fourth John Dies at the End book? Yeah, the fourth John Dies at the End book, the sixth book total that I've that I've written. Jesus. Uh, I, Stephen King described writing a book as like being rowing a bathtub across an ocean. And it's just like in how lonely it is. And that you're maybe the only person I can think of, Jason, who would be like, this is nice. I like it out here. <laughs> okay. See? All right. <laughs> we, we, I think we have brought this up on microphone before because there was a time when my whole reason for working a day job was because I was afraid of what would happen to my, my mental health if I wrote books exclusively because Stephen King's friend during that period was named Cocaine. <laughs> that's, that's how he got over his loneliness. The, the bathtub was cocaine and the proverbial ocean was also cocaine. <laughs> so I knew that if I did not have the day-to-day, the conference calls, you know, the emails, like I would just have no reason to ever talk to people. So when I left, and I probably told this exact freaking anecdote the last time I was on here, but when I left Cracked, you know, a, a year ago, it was literally in March of 2020, I had this whole thing like, I'm going to spend this many hours writing on book. I'm going to spend this much, you know, like talking to people, doing stuff. I'm going to have a regular schedule. I'm not going to, to do that, that writer thing where you just drink yourself to death by the time you're, you're 50. And the pandemic hit like that week. <laughs> like, like I was watching the basketball game that announced that kicked off the pandemic for most of us. That was on like March 7th or something like that. Yeah. So it yeah. was like I left cracked at the end of February and then I was kind of on call for the next month in case something broke. But I was sitting down enjoying like one of my first nights off and watching a basketball game. And then like doctors run onto the court and announce everyone has to stay home for the next year. There's a pandemic. Also, Tom Hanks has it. We, we just yeah. found that out too. For some reason, everyone in this building is going to die. And it's like, what? They canceled the basketball game? It's like 20 minutes later. It's like, no, we've canceled all basketball games going forward. We've shut down society tonight. Yeah. So I've not had a normal day. I have not had one single normal day in my life, I guess, because <laughs> people constantly ask me, well, how's it going? How's it going? Just trying to be you know, a writer full time, but that's like the only thing in your life. It's lonely work. It's not a team project. I have no idea. I hope it's not like this because this has been awful. <laughs> it has been real, truly terrible. Yeah. I love that. You just trying to relax with a single basketball game and they're like, uh, news is coming in hot. We don't know everything. Rudy Gobert just licked like five microphones. Everybody was sent home. Everybody in the world was sent home. It happened stunningly fast. I mean, I, I people have to remember this, right? Like it happened within a few days because it was just so shocking 
those were the two things that kicked off the pandemic. And it's, as far as I know, that's like what made the Trump administration notice it was like, oh, Tom Hanks has it. It's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I have it very good. I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and whine about my pandemic experience because we could, any one of your listeners, we could invite them onto the show and they could probably tell a harder story than me, but on something where I was already afraid of like what a lonely, weird, insular life this would be. And then it's like, oh, also you can't leave the house. Yeah. Uh, well, the good news is that uh, we will never invite listeners on this show. Hey everybody, do you have stress? Do you have anxiety? Do you have chronic pain? Are you just a normal human walking around in this big bag of bones that we have to carry everywhere we go that just seems to depreciate and get worse and worse over time? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus or do you have trouble sleeping well you're not alone many of us do I mean, I've got all those things. That's why I use Feels. Feels is a premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. Feels naturally helps you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. You just place a few drops of it under your tongue, and you will feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD, though, is that you have to find the right dose. So you may have to leave a little bit of room for experimentation over the course of a week or so. You may need to take more or take less to get the effects that you're looking for and to help the problem that you're specifically having. If you're new to CBD, don't feel bad. Don't feel stressed at all. There are a lot of people that are willing to help you. There's a CBD hotline and text message support to help guide you on your personal experience. I prefer to think of it as an adventure. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, hangover, or addictions. And Feels can have you feeling your best every day. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. Feels has us feeling our best every single day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com QQ, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash QQ to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash QQ. So I want to jump right into the to our episode. Quick question for both of you. Uh, I would like to know a simple piece of technology that you wish or you thought would be further along right now. And I, I would like to give it some context that I don't, I'm not talking about like a world changing thing, like free or clean water for, for everybody or, or something to do with uh, clean energy for the planet or anything like that. Something ideally every day. 
for mine, this is it's going to start out sounding like I'm a, a a gross, lazy, nasty boy, but uh, I hate brushing my teeth, and I think it should be better by now. I don't hate the the after effects of brushing my teeth. It's not a thing that I dread. I don't think I'm I'm not a child where I feel like I'm I'm pulling one over on anyone if I go to bed without brushing my teeth. If I go to bed without brushing my teeth, then something went wrong and I'm unhappy about that. I, I understand the importance of brushing my teeth. I do it every time you're supposed to do it. I just, I'm, I'm so frustrated that we, we did stick with bristles on it and that was a great invention and I'm stoked that we did that. And then we did electric and that's a, a, a huge leap forward for everybody. And now we've done the electric that will even time it out for you. They give you uh, pulses every 30 seconds to know that it's time to switch to a different quadrant of your mouth because there are four quadrants and two minutes is the dentist recommended amount of time. We got all this shit down and we've stopped innovating. You still have to do my least favorite part, which is that I have to hold a toothbrush with my hand the whole time. And it drives me nuts. And I have to stand over a sink. I can't go anywhere because I don't want to drip the goo out in my in my my home or on my clothes. So I'm standing in front of the sink. And it's one of the only tasks that I have that is part of my day that uh, I can't I can't multitask with. I can't. Maybe some people can text. I can't text and brush my teeth at the same time. I can't uh, clip my nails. I can't shave while I'm brushing my teeth. I can't send an email or, 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 or fold my clothes. I would love to fold my clothes and brush my teeth at the same time. And I feel like we've had a bunch of examples throughout pop culture from like TV and movies where there was some crackpot scientist who invented like a a helmet that brushes your teeth, a hands-free situation. Like I've seen it in, in, I want to say, honey, I shrunk the kids and certainly Futurama and I think Lego movies just some kind of like you're on a conveyor belt and your teeth get brushed for you. And these are held up as examples that prove the scientist is like kooky and a bad inventor. We laugh at them for doing this. And I'm not saying that I think a helmet that is like half loaded with toothpaste and the other half is like an erector set arm that brushes your teeth so your hands are free. I'm not saying that that would be like affordable or practical or chic if everyone in the world had that. But I also think like, let's fucking start there and then innovate from there because no one is even trying to do a hands-free toothbrushing solution and it drives me absolutely bananas. So... So your issue... I can already tell that you're not as mad about this as I am. (laughs) Your issue with brushing your teeth is not... Like, the solution is not that there's slop coming out of your mouth constantly. You need a bib that you could have a bib for. Or that you've got uh, a giant stick that has to go in your mouth. No. Uh, None of that is... None of that... The fact that after you do it, anything that's citrus-based tastes like shit. Like, none of that bothers you. It's that you have to manually hold the toothbrush that's correct okay and uh, and that i can't do anything else like if if i know what what i'm going to describe is is not going to to look sexy but this is where i'm at right now if you could put a fishbowl on my head or one of those like old-timey scuba things where it's just this giant sphere on my head and you would told me that like it's gonna power wash my whole face 
and I just open my mouth and it'll it'll do the work that brushing my teeth is supposed to do if I just walk around with this orb on my head and my mouth open. If you told me I could do that and fold my clothes at the same time, I would do it and I would love it. Well, you happen to be in luck, Dan, because you're talking to somebody who, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, invented the electric toothbrush. That's right. Um, and then the idea was stolen from me when I was, I think, eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have other ideas. Like, maybe that's the problem, is that there was one person who had, like, caught lightning in a bottle, and then the idea was just grifted, and, and now I felt so defeated that I haven't evolved. But I have another idea, if you want it. Um, is it going to solve my problem? Yeah. Because cause, cause I want that. Because I feel like, let me just, give me, give me one more second, because I, I still feel like you're not completely on board yet. They invented... Uh, a metal flexible neck brace so Billy Joel can play the harmonica and piano at the same time. And I feel like more people would get use out of my thing than his thing. He's the only one on the planet who was like, you know, it'd be great if I could play harmonica and piano simultaneously. And they were like, all right, fine. We'll put two of our scientists on that. And then you'll buy all these harmonica holders. Whereas my thing is at least me and Billy Joel. At least the two of us would enjoy this thing. So that way he can brush his teeth and play piano at the same time. And I could fold my laundry. All right, now what's your invention? Oh, fuck me. It's I'm looking it up right now and somebody's already taken it. Somebody's already <laughs> stolen it. What is it? Uh, I was going to suggest like a mouth guard that has like a, basically a car wash apparatus within it. Like it brushes on the inside of the mouth guard. So you just put the whole mouth guard in. It's custom to your mouth, and it does like a a cycling bristle thing inside your mouth. So it's on both the outside and the inside of your teeth, and it's just sort of like massaging your gums. And now I'm looking at it, and there are like six different brands that are doing this thing. Mouthpiece toothbrushes. I mean, surely this is... uh, Here are my two main questions. Um, are, Are there... Does it seem dentist recommended? Or is it one of those things where dentists are like, look, if chewing your gum was a substitute for brushing your teeth, then dentists would give you gum instead of toothbrushes. Like, do dentists hate this? There's some for kids, too. I, yeah, There's so many of them that I have to assume that this works. Okay, and now and how much... That is not good, solid logic, Soren. <laughs> <laughs> In this world. <laughs> the Sonic Brush Pro is what I'm looking at. Oh, but it does have... It's very funny looking. It has basically like a big vape pod coming off the front of it because it needs a battery um, that sticks out of your mouth. Uh, but yeah, it is just a mouth guard with uh, car wash bristles on the inside. Oh, man. It just shakes. Man, there yeah. are... If you just Google image search Sonic Brush Pro, there are pictures of people using it and it's it's... You wouldn't think that something could be described as less sexy than brushing your teeth but 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 they're doing it just like a big pacifier. it's a giant pacifier i can't believe my my idea got stolen again I'm sorry, this, this is why I, that's why i got out of the toothbrush game so now i feel bad because when daniel imagines like advanced technology he's imagining like some gadget from a 1980s rick moranis movie <laughs> like a rube goldberg thing that some wacky mad scientist put together where I was thinking like, oh, so you want like like a mouthwash, you can swish around for 10 seconds and it just dissolves plaque off your teeth. Or even better, like once a year you go to your dentist and he puts like a wax or something on your teeth that just makes stuff bounce off of them. And it's just, you forget about it. 
Man. But no, you're, you're imagining a helmet. You keep using the word <laughs> helmet over and over again. Yeah, I uh, specifically like an old-timey scuba helmet. Like, even though that technology has gotten better and inv- involves, like, a more modern-looking, chic mouth guard, I wasn't even going there. I was going further back because that's how bad I want this. <laughs> it was a whole uh, aquatic suit that slowly yeah. filled with fluoride all mm-hmm. the way up to just your mouth level the and only then other- drained again. The only other idea I had, and and also I, I am not shooting for the moon on this idea, was like, what if there was a, a, a pill that you put in your mouth and it exploded violently, but did the work <laughs> of a toothbrush? In my head, this invention is still something you do three times a day, and it still lasts for two minutes each time. I hadn't even conceived of like the possibility that someone would invent a once a year thing. I was like, no, I'll put this tiny toothbrush grenade in my mouth every morning and and like sit with it exploding in my mouth. And then meanwhile, look at me turning pages with, with both hands free or typing on my computer or flipping a flapjack. Turning pages. Yeah. <laughs> you, Haven't you ever th- wanted to like read men's health while you're, while you're, while there's an ex- a, a pop rocks explosion in your mouth? Yeah, but not on a device in 2077 when this is all happening. <laughs> you still have the paper magazine that you got, you stole from the, the actual dentist's office when you went once a year. Yeah, I'm still trying to get to the end of the maze in highlights. <laughs> uh, do either of you have uh, simple technology you wish was further along by now? I have seven of them. I, we do <laughs> not have to. We can just pick one. Uh, but I'm getting to the age where all technology, I feel like, ha- is just burdening me. And I, and all things that they claim are improvements are just make things worse. Like in cars, when they get rid of buttons and they give you a screen instead, that's much worse than buttons. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, the first one that pops into my brain is printers. I have never had a printer for my computer at home, in the office, anywhere that has ever worked close to the way it's supposed to. That they, whether it loses its connection, whether it just refuses to print, whether the the ink cartridges or whatever dry up in between uses because most people do not print something every day. They need it every once in a while. But that is a technology that I swear to God is not any better than it was 20 years ago. That's yeah. so true. And it's it's bizarre that we've all collectively decided it can't be any better. Like there, I don't own a printer, but there's there's one in my building in like the office center of my apartment building and the few times where i've needed a printer uh i would go near it with my computer and like you still have to go on your computer and try to find a printer in the network and then connect to that and i and it doesn't work and then i go to the people who work there and I'm like yeah i tried to connect my computer to the printer because i need to print out a boarding pass and they're like oh yeah we can't you can't do that we all like <laughs> And you're not allowed to be mad at us either. We all agree printers are not supposed to work. So this is just one of those things. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know, see if your friend has a printer. <laughs> it has. It, I'm, it's true. I mean, I've always, I've always struggled to, first of all, connect. But then also just like the, the printer has always there's some sort of error on the printer, no matter what. And it's an error that just has a number associated. But you don't, you're not privy to the information of what that number means. And so you're just like, you're shit out of luck anytime your printer's not working. You're like, well, maybe it's a paper thing. And no, it's not that. Oh, maybe it's an ink toner thing. Uh, it turns out it's not that. Well, what do you think 202 might be? 
Yeah. It's print print head alignment. It's not <laughs> it's not the ink cartridge, it's the print head. It's like, well, isn't that part of the ink cartridge? <laughs> no, it turns out it's not. Well, how does it get out of alignment? That's a good question. You need a new printer. Uh, but no, the one I've, I finally, last, this last time, because I had the ink machine, I got so frustrated by the fact that it doesn't detect when it's out of ink. It just, when it's like halfway out, it the software makes it stop printing to force you to buy because that's how they make their monies on the ink cartridges. Right. So I, somebody's like, well, you do. If you're willing to spend a premium, you get a, a laser printer got the expensive cartridges last forever it's the toner cartridges it has not worked <laughs> i have a whopping two computers in this house so it's got to be networked over wi-fi it will show up on my computer on my list of stuff i will send a print job to it it will say printing it'll bring up the little box and then nothing will happen nothing I can reboot the computer. I can reboot the printer. One time it printed, I think, six days later. <laughs> and it, 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 when you look up, it's an HP. I'm, I'm happy to say the name of the company. Because if you look up, the, like, they have a piece of software that lives on your computer and, like, your taskbar. It's called, like, Print Doctor that you run to try to diagnose why your printer didn't print this time. <laughs> which I have to run every time I want to print a document. Because again, I am not a, I'm not running an office in 1996. I only have print things like three times a year when a company gives you a PDF and you click on it. It's like, oh, it doesn't seem to be letting me fill out the PDF in my browser. They want me to freaking print it out and fill it out with an ink pen and then scan it back into my computer. So it's when that comes up that you have to own, own a printer or else you have to go begging your neighbors like, yeah. like Daniel's yes. going to have to. It's, okay. It feels like we so, should be in a renaissance of printing right now because everybody has to be at home and this is happening to every single person where they're getting mailed shit. I mean, they're, they're getting emailed stuff that they have to sign and then send back. A shocking amount of stuff is still done on paper, which, yeah. which is a separate thing we could talk about because that should not still be a thing. But like with my taxes, half of my tax forms, the w and stuff, that freaking stuff came through the U.S. Postal Service in an envelope where it could have gotten wet or gotten lost or whatever. But anyway, the troubleshooting steps are all about like the server connecting to the server and the hub. And it's like, I have two computers. <laughs> I have two. There's no, there's no hub. There's no matrix here that I'm having to connect to. It's just this computer, that computer, the printer. It should not be. It's like, no, your, your document has gotten lost somewhere in the vast web of this system. <laughs> Uh, and it's been like that since the day it came out of the box. If you Google the problem, you will find many, many, many other customers having the same problem. And you just live with it because it doesn't matter what you spend, it turns out. It doesn't matter what brand you go with. Which of the two printer brands you go with, you will, <laughs> they will, there's about a 40% chance it will print and a 60% chance it will not only give you an error message, it just won't give you an error message. It will just sit there. For all I know, one of my neighbors who also has a, a Wi-Fi HP printer, like they've just had like copies of my books printing out once a year. Like, oh, there's like a, a 400-page manuscript here that somebody somebody sent me. It's very it's very funny that like it's a product unlike anything else I can think of off the top of my head because my my apartment building also has like a digital marketplace where anyone who lives there goes and you can either say like, hey, does anyone have pizza recommendations or does anyone uh, know any good dog walkers? Someone recently posted, uh, I'm in the market for a printer. Does anyone have a printer that they recommend? No. 
Not a single person has any kind of brand loyalty or any good experiences with a printer anywhere. And I feel like if I had gone into that digital marketplace and was like, hey, I'm thinking of getting into wooden hangers. Does anyone have any suggestions? I would get people who were like, yeah, don't go to this one. These are the ones that you're supposed to get. These ones are like strong opinions about wooden hangers that they stand by and will like go to bat for. But when it comes to printers, no one in Manhattan uh, has ever had a good experience. They also somehow bring down the quality of any other thing that they try to do as well. Like scanners work, but if you have add a scanner to a printer, there's a good chance it won't work anymore. Like a scanner on my phone, it never failed. I can always take pictures. It immediately turns into a PDF and I can send it immediately. But I remember trying to scan on a, a printer that I had where it had like a little top that opened up and you could do photocopies. And I would scan and it would send it to my computer maybe like, yeah, 40% of the time. And the rest of the time it just... The, it, the document would just disappear into the ether. I wouldn't yeah. have it. Okay, I don't know about you, but I always feel like I'm looking at a screen. It's just part of my life that uh, takes up, I would say, a very unhealthy portion of my day. When I get those little notifications at the end of the week where it's like, here's what your screen time was this week on your phone. It's never a good number. And I know that that's about uh, 50% of the amount of screens that I'm looking at because there's my computer screen, my television screen. I'll look at a lot of screens is the point. And uh, I want to take a break from that every once in a while. And I get to do that with my Raycon earbuds. I use those to listen to podcasts, still get a lot of the content that I want, but I feel a little bit better about it because I'm not looking at a screen. I can listen to podcasts. I can check in with Terry Gross, see what's happening in the world. Shout out to Terry Gross. And uh, I just feel like I can keep up, but I don't have to be staring at a screen any longer. And that just feels better. That's why we've teamed up with Raycon and recommend their wireless earbuds. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order at buyraycon.com QQ. Look, we all know the problems with regular earbuds, right? You've got the wires that hang out that get caught on things, your zipper and your jacket. There's the stems that look silly hanging out of your ears. They, you know, the sweat makes them fall out of your ears when you're running or you're working out and trying to do it. You want something that's discreet and something that will stay put. That's why I use Raycon. Raycon are built to perform anywhere, anytime with water and sweat resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly. And with enough battery life for six hours of playtime, you can unplug for a while. Uh, I don't know how long your workouts are, I don't need six hours, but six hours is nice to know that it's there, right? The best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half of the price of other premium audio brands. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. And here's what you do, specifically my listeners. Dan, yeah, go pound sand, buddy, because this is for the connoisseurs out there. Go to buyraycon.com QQ. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order, so feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash QQ. Buyraycon.com slash QQ. Soren, do you have a, a piece of technology for us, buddy? Leaf blowers! All right! Fucking leaf blowing. How is that not that not evolved at this point? It, it, when you think about the, like the, how rudimentary that technology is, it really will piss you off because it, it, we have the technology to do like some sort of outdoor vacuum, which gets rid of everything all at once. And you could just suck it all up into something and deposit it. But instead we decided like, let, let's just blow it all up into the atmosphere. 
Let's blow it into every other yard we can think of. And it just will stop existing once it's outside of our yard. I have a neighbor who has a dog. The dog shits in his yard. And then uh, the lawn people come. And what they do at the end after they're done mowing and everything is they just blow everything uh, off into the corners. So there's always just piles of dog shit at the, at the, like the far reaches of his yard because they blow the dog shit too. And you, if you watch them out in the street, like people will just take leaf blowers and blow it right out into the street. And it's like, and it no longer is my problem. It lives out mm-hmm. there now. They're also so, so loud. Like blocks away, you can tell when somebody is using a leaf blower because we decided gas is the best way to do it. This is, I feel like uh, this is an important lesson in perspective because we we never had a, a leaf blower growing up. We we raked our leaves all the time, and so I feel like as soon as I saw someone with a leaf blower down the street, that's that's the that's both like the peak of uh, innovation and the peak of of wealth. Like that that's that's the fucking ticket. If I saw a leaf blower, I would run to whatever lab they invented the leaf blower and be like, guys, stop! You cracked it. You're not gonna top this. It's perfect. <laughs> The rake sucks. This is the future. <laughs> the rake does suck. I will agree with you there. The, but I feel like, so snowblowing, I get. Snowblowing, you do have to, it is about moving all of the snow from one area to another area. But then it feels like we just tried to translate that to the leaf blower and it does not, it doesn't work the same way. It's a, uh, snow is fine to move from one area to another, but when it's dust and debris, it's just like swafting up into clouds around everybody who who's walking by it's like it becomes a real a real nightmare see Soren, one of my things on my list of many things that i had for the subject just general lawn care was one of them because the same thing with grass like where i live i'm in a neighborhood where people for whatever reason they maintain their lawns it's a cultural thing or whatever and if, if I, like, let mine go, just let it become a, a lot full of weeds, it, I think the police would come. Like, there's probably an ordinance <laughs> against it. That, to me, is crazy. It's crazy that the way you solve that, you either have to get out there with a machine and cut it yourself it, through the summer it's at least once a week, or you have to pay a shocking amount of money to have somebody else do it and either haul away the clippings or blow away the clippings or do something. All of that... The only reason that's further down my list is because I guess I just assume that's like a status thing. Like it's hard on purpose because it's to demonstrate that you can afford to do oh. this. Um, where the where it's like a wealth thing. Whereas, whereas if they invent grass that like grows three inches tall and just, then just stops, then it's like absolute turf only is grass because surely in this era of modern miracles, somebody could make such a plant. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't have to be watered. Again, I'm in the South. Everybody's got lawn irrigation, which is the most wasteful freaking thing I could possibly imagine, where you're just pouring out perfectly good potable water to keep your lawn green. Yeah. But it's a, I, I keep thinking, well, it's just, it's people like proving that they can do it because it's, it's cost and time and effort intensive. So it's like, see, I'm the, I'm the king of this little patch of land. Look how nice it is. There's a and knowledge to it as well. Like they like the wisdom of it, of, you know, that yes. you have to aerate every once a year, you have to fertilize, like you have to reseed, like to get it all the same color and uniform. There's like a pride to it. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's LA, like in a nutshell. That's America. Yeah. 
And having a giant machine that just blows your problems into somebody else's lawn, that's the most American thing I can imagine. <laughs> or blowing it into the street, blowing it into the commons, into the public areas, just blowing it off your private property and blowing your trash into the, the public street. That is yeah. America right there. That should be our flag. <laughs> it's also, it entails wearing like basically a giant proton pack to get it done. You have to wear an engine on your back to do this job. Uh, at the very least, it feels like we could we could consolidate all that just into the leaf blower itself. I've got, I'm now way in my head about this because I'm trying to figure out when I was brainwashed because when I go to visit one of my brothers, sometimes the first thing out of my mouth when I get to their house, house is the lawn looks great. It's a thing that I notice and and like I can see that it that it's 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 good, it's well maintained. And I don't remember when I was when I decided I give a shit about that. I feel like it was just it was born in me, but no, I think I was I I must have been uh conditioned to think that I'm supposed to care about that or I'm supposed to want that or that's the American dream. Yeah, I wonder if there's something to it like the you've Instead, your subconscious, you have harnessed nature in some capacity. You've carved out this little section, and you were like, "This, I've domesticated this this portion. It does exactly what I want yeah. it to do." Huh. This piece of the wilderness. I don't know. I but leaf blowers are they really yeah. piss me off? And also, it's just like this weird thing that we've decided it's fine to do it anytime you want. You can do if you hear a leaf blower at eight a.m. or seven a.m., you're gonna be like, "Oh, that sucks," but it's not. It's not like an offense where you you can hate that person forever. Yeah. Like uh, you get to a rich enough neighborhood, you'll find they've got ordinances <laughs> against it. It's if you get, you get to a fancy enough neighborhood, I guarantee you, you will not see them running leaf blowers at seven a.m. But it's for I, I certainly do. But it's I think if you've got enough influence with your city council or whatever, you can you can keep that wow. out of your out of where you live. I wasn't, uh, I don't know that I've lived in a neighborhood fancy enough to have things like ordinances. Uh, I also wasn't aware, Soren, that they, they're still mostly gas powered. Yeah. Huh. There's some. The battery powered ones are not nearly as strong. They don't, they don't blow nearly as hard. They exist, but they're not. You can't, like the one he's describing, the backpack one, the one that will literally deafen you if you don't wear earplugs while operating it, that thing will, will blow a goddamn car over. Yeah. Yeah. You're creating your own meteorological event <laughs> with that. Yeah, you're harnessing yeah the elements. Now I can yeah I get, I get the feeling of using you know uh, a leaf blower. If there was like a little switch you could flip that would make it shoot the flames out of it, like vaporize some of the gasoline, turn to flamethrower, that'd sure. be even better. Again, probably probably against the law, but huh. yeah. I mean, the, and the idea that we wouldn't. I know we I just sort of glossed over it before, but the idea that we would create some sort of sucking mechanism is baffling to me i mean we didn't decide with vacuums like we were just going to blow it all out our front door right we were like no let's take let's take care of this stuff otherwise it all just goes up into the air and then settles right back where it was yeah it seems like even an inventor who uh is past his prime and mostly out of ideas could just say vacuum but for outside yeah uh we could do more inventions or soren do you have any questions for our our wonderful guest yeah, Jason, I got a quick question for you. In all of your books, uh, it seems like there's a really efficient evil within the stories uh, or like some malicious force, but it's always a really stupid one. It's always kind of broy and kind of a kind of a doofus. Like the, the whatever that manifests as a person, it's always kind of a dickhead who's not that smart. 
And I'm very curious about why, I mean, in most horror and stuff, evil is so smart. The evil is intelligent, like paranormal activity. It has to be so smart to be so scary. And you've chosen to go the exact opposite direction. I'm wondering what you think is so much more terrifying about dumb evil as opposed to like intelligent evil. I wonder if people who aren't to me, like seeing this from outside, aren't going to say this is like a class thing. But for me, and I'll explain what I mean in a moment. Like for me, the idea of the devil is like a suave, smooth talker, like uh, Al Pacino and um, Devil's Advocate. Uh, the Ascent oh. of a Woman, where he played the devil. It, it, wasn't, it. it wasn't revealed until years later that he was the devil in that movie. It's, it's really a lot of subtext. But uh, Hannibal Lecter, it, Lucifer, like they're all that. Yeah, well, or even like the the Dracula archetype of the vampire. It's always an aristocrat, right? Yeah. Like he's got he's 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 fancy and he's educated and smooth talker and and it's the seductive, smooth talking evil for me. When I wrote my, my first horror novel, or when John dies the end, they meet like this Lovecraftian demigod, and he speaks with the voice of like a 13-year-old on Xbox Live. Like it's just, it's, it's just homophobia and slurs, because it's like that's, he's not smart. He can't come up with like good insults. And it's terrifying because he's also incredibly powerful. And to me, there's nothing scarier than that. There's nothing scarier than a monster with no brain. Or there's like no, or there's like no head. There's nothing you can like negotiate with. It's just dumb, destructive evil. Because I feel like in the real world, people who believe in like conspiracies, they want the opposite. Like they right. want to believe that there's some all-knowing, like this evil cult that's that's secretly arranging all of the child abduction and child trafficking in the world. Where the reality that it's just a bunch of people doing it for profit or whatever boredom is so much worse. Like they, they believe in conspiracy theories because they prefer to believe that there's some mastermind. So I always, I keep that theme is probably in every book I write this idea of like distributed evil, where it's kind of hard to find a, a mind at the center of it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, and I'm thinking just in terms of like the way people react to natural disasters and stuff when they're like, Oh well, this is this is God because we let we get uh, gays marry each other, like that kind of feeling of the it's it's less terrible to believe that there's a malicious God than there is to think that there's a God that's not even watching, or that there is no God, like there's nothing at the head of it, and we're all just suffering together. But at least with a God, there's an element of like, well, you know, it's out of our control. This was God's will or whatever. But I feel like with conspiracies, they want someone to blame. They want someone to, to hate because something like the most recent disaster when we recorded this of the many disasters that have happened. And the most recent one was the freezing in Texas, right? Where I don't know how many people wound up dying, but it was a lot Um, where there's this cascading failure of like their power plants were not winterized. You know, it's a Republican state. There's certain like infrastructure is not in place to take care of people. There's a lot of things that in the aftermath, you look back and the blame kind of spreads so many directions that it kind of doesn't exist where it would be amazing if there was like one guy who was like, 
it was his fault for not properly preparing the state. It was his fault that they didn't have the ability to clear the streets or to keep the power plants running. It was his fault that they didn't have an, a grid that connected to the rest of the country to offload all of the things, all of these failures that went wrong. But the life usually denies you that. And so you're left with just all the suffering. And there's there's individual people you could probably find who are at fault or some you know energy company CEO or whatever. But it's so much scarier to me when you don't have that because I think I think one reason people like horror where there is like one monster or whatever is because it's it's comforting. Interesting. Yeah, it's definitely um, it's very effective horror when it's just a uh, a dumb, really powerful thing. Especially when you throw in like conspiracy theory nonsense, it's not hard to draw like modern parallels. Certainly, when you see people armed and and storming the capital and and trying to see the trying to like find and unseat the power i i'm sitting back cowering being like hey no large person with the gun you are powerful right now you like i am very afraid of of the thing that you are right yeah i i i something that's uh there's this twilight zone episode where there's a little kid who it Toilet zone, twilight. Twi- twilight. How does that? It's closer, that? Jason. Did you know about this? That that um, Soren in real life says twilight the way that he just did. Yes, as toilet, as yeah. a toilet zone. Tw- Fascinating. Twilight. Yeah. But yes, that that episode. I'm familiar with that episode, and that's if you, I don't are our listeners too young to have watched the Twilight Zone, but it's a it's a classic. It was. They did a Simpsons episode, a segment about it, where it's the little kid who has like godlike powers, but he still has the mentality of a little yeah, kid, yeah, right? And so exactly. he throws tantrums and he has no rhyme or reason. Like he'll do things just because he's bored because, you know, a little kid. And it's, it's, it's the scariest Twilight Zone episode that's ever, that they ever made. It is really terrifying. It's like, the, and you watch this family that's just a slave to this child. It's very, very scary because they, you don't even know how to appease it. You don't, it's not even that you can't negotiate with it and, and try and tell it, no, no, my life is valuable. Please spare it. It's that you need to make it happy and you don't, it's a moving target. You can't always make it happy because it keeps changing. Yeah. There's a, there's a a Stephen King. I mean, I'm sure there's a thousand Stephen King stories like this, but under the dome by Stephen King, it's just this town in, it's gotta be Maine because it's Stephen King. And suddenly there's a dome. There's a dome that covers the whole town. And for so long, they don't know who put the dome there. And it's Stephen King, so we find out it's aliens. But there's a lot of speculating throughout the book, just like amongst the characters and also you as a reader, you're trying to think, who put this dome here? And your your brain naturally goes to like some force in the government, some like some smart person somewhere is doing some evil experiment or it's aliens, some like smart alien who wants to, to, to study us or some evil alien who wants to crush us. And I think we find out by the end of it that it's it's... It's some like child aliens. Like they have the power to do this, but it's the same as like if you or I were burning an ant with a, a magnifying glass, not really knowing what we're doing. We're just like you just know that if I put this thing here, look at look at the the ant squirm. That's kind of interesting. That's kind of funny. It's really just like adolescent aliens who put this dome on this one town in Maine, and that's so much scarier than like a super smart thing that you think you can reason with or a super evil thing where it's like, great. All I do now is try to fight it. 
and if I beat the evil thing, that's good news. And if I lose to the evil thing, well, I'm a good guy who went down fighting. But it's just a kid alien right. who doesn't know any better, and it's so much scarier. Spoilers, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> well, and it's just so, so weird to trace like that sequence of events back to the beginning that it all starts with Homer bringing home that pig. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, but it's this is something well you'll see it there's a part that's mentioned in the upcoming book where they somebody gives a speech where they mention that like alien abductions and all the theories about the people have where it's this very grandiose thing of like oh they're studying humans or they're wanting to make a human alien hybrid or they're maybe they're preparing for invasion and it's like knowing what we know about people and humans and societies it's far more likely that if aliens were abducting humans and studying them it's due to some politician like trying to just distract the people his people back home from some scandal (laughs) (laughs) or or it's just like they they had money in the budget and that they have to spend it like this year or else they don't get that same amount of money next year so they just picked up some humans and study them just so that it will appear that they're doing something like when you go outside of humans, you assume you're going to find like perfect rationality. Right. And like whatever the devil is doing, he's doing it for rational reasons. You know, he is, uh, you know, he's jealous of God or, or, or he's got a plan. He's trying to, to the idea that there's no rational reason that it's just somebody doing something for extremely dumb. Like the idea that aliens would invade Earth because some alien general was like having an affair and the local media had caught wind of it on his planet. So to distract them from the scandal, he sent an invasion at earth just to get that off the headlines. And the, cause it's like, well, yeah, but if this has this kind of an impact on our lives, it has to have been done for some important reason. And it's like, no, <laughs> you already know that's not true about the universe. That's what you want to be true. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like I you just find a lot of comfort in horror when evil has a plan. Like when, and it's executing that plan flawlessly. It just sort of feels like second nature to horror. And I do like, I love this new approach to Jason, it. Jason, I feel like you just gave out um, three great movie ideas in, in that that uh, very eloquent answer to that question. And I, uh, I just want everyone to know that everything said on this podcast is trademarked. Uh, between the three of us, we've come up with three great movie ideas and one almost their toothbrush idea. We're really close. And and <laughs> yeah, you're like 99% yeah. of the way to the toothbrush. Because once you start uh-huh. with a helmet, the rest yeah. can come together. It's just a matter yeah. of getting the parts on there. Okay. Well, I think we're, uh, we're about out of time here. I'm going to give Jason, I'm going to give you a chance to talk about things that you're working on and that you're excited about that you want to tell people in a second. I'm going to tell everyone where they can find all of us on Twitter. Um, but God damn it. It's on, it's, it's on a, uh, it's sitting as like a, printed out copy on my scanner and that's in oh, another okay. room yeah to go get it but uh so in the meantime um i want to give jason a chance to talk about we just were talking about uh, john dies at the end i want to ask you jason what was your least favorite part of the john dies at the end movie <gasps> the uh, like 40 to 50 percent of the questions i get from fans is them trying to trick me into like trashing the movie because i guess they figure that's the only interesting thing that I could say it would be to like burn the bridges of everyone I, I work with. 
<laughs> so no, I someday I will be elevated to a position where they can make a movie off something I wrote, and I can just like Alan Moore, like just crap on it, like ah, Hollywood. Hollywood only ruins. Every, they ruin everything while I'm like literally sitting in a house bought with <laughs> their money. <laughs> I am not at that place yet. I, I cannot believe someone spent that kind of money to film something I wrote. I will be shocked by that until but it, the, the only way that movie could have like put me in a position where I've been like publicly trashing it is if for some reason it turned out really racist or something. <laughs> but I was sitting there at Sundance, like I, they brought me to the premiere at Sundance and this whole time is like, I, I, like right up until they started rolling it, I thought it was going to turn out it was a, a prank that they had just lured all of us into that theater to do like an inglorious bastards thing. <laughs> like they would just, just gun us all. Oh down. yes. That, that very funny uh, uh, prank like, at the end of inglorious bastards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, that prank they pulled on Hitler. Uh, so like, no, I thought it was a trick or, or something. Cause it's, it's like the idea that they had actually filmed all this and it took years and they had actual actors in it who I've seen on TV. And I just sitting there watching the whole time. Like this is the greatest thing ever made. I, I because of course I liked it. It's like, I, this is all my idea. This is it. So uh, no, but I, I will get that question probably forever. If you go out, look at like any Reddit AMA, it's like, well, what, what were you most disappointed about? Like, well, what would you change? What would you change about the movie? It's like, well, what, what do you mean? If in some magical world where I knew how to make movies, cause I, I don't. Well, well, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, when asked the question, what's his least favorite part of the movie, David Wong, Jason Pargin said, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> You can follow Jason on Twitter at John Dies at the End. That's not with an end D. It's just John Dies at the End. E N at the end. You can follow not enough characters on Twitter. It cuts you off there. <laughs> you can follow Dan at Dob underscore Inc. You can follow me Soren at Soren underscore Ltd. You can email our show at QQ with Soren and Daniel at gmail dot com, and you can follow, find, and hire our producer, sound engineer, editor, and general good guy Gabe Harder at gabeharder.com jason is this stuff you want to plug uh the last book is called zoe punches the future and the dick uh please support your local bookstores the the clerk will probably be amused if you go up and ask them for the name of the book but you should be able to find it pretty much anywhere uh i think as we speak there's like a amazon boycott going on but that's fine you can get it uh anywhere the next book comes out next year if you want to follow some of his uh, his other novels as well, so you get caught up, you can read John Dies at the End and that whole series. There's the other series uh, starts with a book called Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits. And they're all great. Our podcast record. Oh, shit. You know what I forgot to talk about? Eh, I guess it doesn't matter. What? Um, boop, 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 boop. This is a huge, this is an update for longtime listeners of the show. Soren got me into this show, Taskmaster. Uh, we talked about a couple episodes ago. Soren, you know who else is now a fan of Taskmaster because of our show? Fucking Jason. Ooh. Oh, good. Oh, that's so nice. Jason, yeah. I'm glad that you like that show. Me and my, my wife listened to your show and then told me, like, okay, they, they recommended we have to watch Taskmaster. It's all on YouTube, everybody. It is, it is wonderful. It's a BBC show that I'm sure if you listen to their episode, some people are only here for me, so they're actually unfamiliar right. with, with you two. Uh, but it's, we've, we've watched it through season five and it's, there's never been a bad episode of it. It's so is, charming. It is a delight. It, it is, there's nothing topical about it. There's nothing serious about it. There's nothing about the real world that will intrude on it. It is just 
people having fun in a very well done, very smart way. Well, thanks for being on our show, Jason. Bye.